0: your RFM 103.7. Good afternoon. Welcome along to Finance Today with Stephen Prichard. We're taking a look at commodities. So what has been happening in the last seven days on the markets?
1: Um, all sorts of things. I mean, the, 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 um, gold price, the gold price was down a little bit for the week for $1,761 an ounce. Uh, the silver price was down 3% to 26 dollars seven. And the nickel price was up 3% to $14,031 a tonne. Um, The Australian dollar's um, fallen a fair bit on the week. Um, um, We're down 2% against the US dollar to 74.68 cents. Mm. Um, We're uh, down 1.4% against the British pound at 56 uh, pence. And the euro, we're down 1.2% to 67 euro cents and the Canadian dollar we're down um, 1% to 97 Canadian cents. Um, the equities market was all good for those share investors. The, the share market uh, uh, continues a slow upward trend. We're up 1.7% for the week to 5,565. Um, the Dow Jones was up 1.2% to 18,595 and the London FTSE index was up 1% to 6728 um, The Works Texas intermediate crude price was down uh, 2.9% to uh, $60.57 a barrel. And here in Newcastle, the, uh, um, given the end of the school holidays, the uh, the NRMA fuel price, um, the unloaded fuel price in Newcastle, was down 1.6 percent to the week to a dollar 16, and surprising, surprising, Sydney's fuel price was up 9 percent to a dollar a litre. So I can't understand Ooh. that. Um, and Newcastle diesel price was a dollar 22, which is similar to last week, and Sydney was a dollar 17, which is similar to last week as well. Okay, well there you go.
0: And joining us now is senior commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter, Henry Jennings. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. How are you, Dave?
0: Good, thanks, Henry. How's Sydney? Sunny Sydney. Good, thanks,
1: Stephen. It's um, it's stopped raining, I think. Ah, yes. Well, it's stopped here, but I'm sure it's going to start again. <laughs> 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 it's like that. And uh, yeah, so it's been pretty quiet lately on the markets, but we've got a few well, we've had to
2: we've had the markets have been absolutely gangbusters. I don't know where you've been, Stephen. I mean, we've had nine out of ten days up. We're um, we bust through fifty five hundred. We're at fifty five twenty. Today and everybody is feeling very jolly and bullish about things. Uh, I think it's sort of Brexit is just a a distant memory as most markets have rebounded considerably higher. Um, We've got Dow at all-time highs. We've got uh, S and P at all-time highs. So we're at a yearly high. It's all looking pretty
1: good. It's all looking pretty good. Yeah. And so BHP's come out and said that they're going to increase production in the four you know mineral divisions to to offset a decline in petroleum.
2: Yeah, I mean, BHP famously or infamously bought um, a big U.S. Uh, oil business called Petrohawk for about 20 million bucks. Um, hasn't been their greatest move, I don't think, and uh, it looks like the oil production rates for this, um, this company are falling off faster than BHP anticipated, um, and this is a bit of a concern for their strategy going forward, so they are looking at plugging the holes. Iron ore is not such a major focus, um, although it's a major part of their business, obviously. But they have disappointed with their production uh, numbers from uh, digging the dirt out and shipping it from Port Hedland. And um, so they're looking at copper and other minerals to, uh, to save the day.
1: Yeah, that, that U.S. Uh, oil business is a disaster.
2: It has been an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the other problem that BHP have is the uh, Samarco. Uh, dam tragedy in, uh, yeah. in Brazil yep. continues to haunt them and will continue to haunt them for years to come, much like uh, OpTeddy did mm-hmm. uh, back in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And, and going from there on to something that's good news, or may be good news, or may not be good news, tra- <laughs> Transurban CityLink... Um, uh, tollway in Melbourne has turned into such a, a gold mine, supposedly, that the the government, may, the Victorian government may be going to review the concession agreement.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, everybody that knows when they're driving their cars through the traffic in the morning and you hear that beep as you go through the tollway
1: mm-hmm.
2: realises what a great money spinner all these toll roads are. transurban
1: job, But it is a risk or mm-hmm. well, the government might like putting up their fees or something
2: well, I think that I, I was reading actually yesterday that they the um, certainly the RTA or whatever it 's called now roads and maritime services in um, in New South Wales is putting up the amount of money you have to store on your um, e toll tag and it 's also charging more for um for credit cards um, you know got one point two five percent fee for credit card top-ups of your um, of your e-tank, so they're going to get you.
1: Ah, and yeah,
2: it's, yeah. Um, it's
1: scary. There's no way they'd be paying 1.2%. There's just actually no way. No, no. It, it's, it's just another,
2: just another banking uh, rip-off
1: um, that we unfortunately have to endure. Yeah. And um, Australian Pharmaceuticals have got a couple of new store formats and they've decided to uh, for their Priceline Pharmacy business and they've decided to roll those out.
2: Yeah, this is uh, this is actually one near me on the northern beaches in uh, in Warringah Mall. They've been trialling some new stores. I mean, they're not bigger. Um, they are not carrying any more uh, lines of products. But what they are doing is they've got better lighting. They've got digital um, interaction in terms of uh, customers can, can find out more about products and uh, find out what health benefits they have. Um, so um, it's just, I guess, making it a lot more snappy. They um, they. they say that it's uh, driven sales up around sort of 5-10% to 10%, so um, it's, I guess it's good news and they're now going to try and roll them out in others but still looking for uh, feedback from uh, from uh, customers
1: I guess. Yeah, I mean pharmacy must be quite competitive, I mean in uh, Hamilton we, we went from two pharmacists to four I mean I, I really don't know how they can make all their money there but anyhow
2: No, I mean it's um, there's always been lots of moves um, to bring pharmacies into supermarkets and make them more Generic, which of course the pharmacists have, uh, have pushed back on, but uh, you know certainly in, in our local suburb we do seem to have quite a lot of chemists, still, mm-hmm. um, including the the, uh, the big one, which is Chemist Warehouse, which is the big discount one. But there's still others that seem to survive, so they must be doing something right.
1: Yeah, and um, Home Loans and uh, Resimac have decided to merge and create a 13 billion dollar home loan portfolio. So, yeah. so some of these alternative bank lenders are getting quite. Quite large
2: now. Um, they are getting quite large. This is um, Home Loans, which is actually a, um, a listed company, um, is uh, is going to uh, merge into a thirteen billion dollar mortgage provider. So, um, so Home Loans will end up being uh, uh, controlled seventy two point five percent by Resimac. Um, but yeah, it's certainly going to be uh, interesting competitive pressures again banking sector. So, um yeah, it's it's unfortunately for the, for the big 4 because they no longer really have overseas strategies. Um, it's very much a um, you know a, a battle in the trenches for them in uh, in mortgage uh, markets in Australia.
1: Hmm, that's right. Of course, a lot of these these alternative lenders depend on um, securitisation as well, so um, They do. I wonder what will happen if yeah. we have another GFC again.
2: Well, I don't you only get one GFC in your lifetime. We can't hope, you? we hope, Henry, we hope. Well, we've had minor setbacks, but uh, yeah, I, I would think
1: uh, you know we'd be pretty unlucky to have two. Mm. And um, Northern Star, the boss of Northern Star, came out this week and predicted that the, you well, know, of course, he would um, <laughs> that the gold prices will surge after the U.S. election. The gold price has been going up strongly, and, and Northern Star's um, share price has been going even more strongly.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, all the gold stocks have been absolute bumper performers this year. Um, the gloss is starting to come off a little bit. Um, the uh, I guess um, up till the last couple of weeks, there was you know, serious global concerns around uh, political events, the Brexit, et etc. et cetera. Um, and Lots of risk, and people did pile into gold as a, uh, a hedge against those concerns. And, of course, the gold stocks went absolutely ballistic on the back of it. But you know, Bill Bowman... Um, is uh, predicting that the um, gold price will go bananas he does predicate that on donald trump winning the um, the u s election so um, i think if um, if if trump does win the u s election then kind of all bets are off but it certainly would be
1: Which comes back to our comments previously, you know, your comments, um, that we should always hold some gold stocks in your portfolio as a bit of insurance.
2: Well, I think you should. I mean, at the moment, they're in, they're in very much in profit-taking mode, and they've really come off the boil. So um, I think there's probably more downside to come, only because they have run you know, particularly hard. I mean, things like Evolution have, have run you know, from uh, from $0.90 cents to $3 in the last year or so, so... Um, you know, there's inevitably going to be some profit taking, some backing and filling, um, and we have seen the gold price come off, and a number of brokers have been downgrading their um, their recommendations on the sector. So I think we're going to see more selling, but it's probably not a bad place to uh, start picking some up as we head into the um, to our spring and their autumn mm-hmm. or fall, um, because I don't think you can discount donald trump becoming president
1: no i think that's that's for sure
2: well you know i think we've seen over the last year that um stranger things happen and no one thought leicester city would win the premier league no one think would thought that uh, the brexit vote would go the way it did um so you know you've got you've got to uh, plan for the um plan for the plan for the worst and, exp- and hope for the best
1: mm-hmm. and we might come back about it and talk about what's happening at santos
0: it's Finance Today with Stephen Pritchard at 2NURFM. We have got Senior Commentator with Marcus Today Financial Newsletter, Henry Jennings, continuing with us. Now, Henry, who would have thought we would have an old cowboy actor become president in the 80s?
2: <laughs> exactly. Who would have thought it? It's, uh, I think uh, Donald Trump's wife needs a new speechwriter, that's for sure.
0: Mm, I'm sure they can buy Copy and advice. paste, that's all you've got to do? Cut
2: and paste. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, plagiarism at its best, I guess. Um, imitation is a serious form of flattery, but that was... Taking it a little bit too far, I think.
1: Yes, well, I'm sure they can afford a new one. (laughs) Uh, And and so the CFA Santos has uh, decided to retire. A lot of people seem to say that he was responsible for the to head Santos's um, uh, production book. Well, I mean, he
2: was the. I guess at the end of the day, I mean, he's been there 11 years. Um, It's not exactly he's retiring tomorrow. He has. Um, told uh, the market that he's going to go at the end of the year, so they've got plenty of time to find a replacement. There is kind of a, a changing in the guard at Santos. They've got new chairman, new CEO, so I guess it's inevitable that with, with change, people that have been there for a long time um, are happy to kind of move on, especially if you've um, you know, been doing the same thing for 11 years. They've probably made quite a lot of money out of it and time to enjoy it.
1: Yes, that's right. I mean, these people seem to make a lot of money depending on sometimes unrelated to what the shareholders do. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And yeah. one of the stocks that everyone's made a lot of money out of is, uh, is Domino's Pizza and, and uh, Eel Boy's Pizza, which was a competitor that has gone into administration this week, and Domino's is looking at acquiring that as well.
2: Yeah, um, I, I really don't. You know, everyone is in love with Domino's Pizza. Um, having ordered it on the odd occasion, um, it is pretty... Nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, given the um, the competitors, um, you know your, your nice sort of um, artisan pizza places yeah. which are up, but Domino's is, is a massive player in the pizza market, and and people have fallen in love with this. Its trades on a seventy five PE mm, uh, by some estimations, which is pretty big um, to say the least. They have to deliver, if you pardon the pun. The big growth has been in um, in the European markets, um, and they do have a, you know the majority share of the Australian market. I think. Pizza Hut really dropped the ball and I think Eagle Boys, you know, I only, I only know of one that's in our area and it's a very dowdy looking place <laughs> I guess the danger for Domino's here is not that they, um, they can buy Eagle Boys or some of the Eagle Boys, maybe they have competition concerns from the A C, but um, that Pizza Hut and Eagle Boys actually got together and uh, sort of reinvigorated their offering and, uh, and had a real go at it, but um, that doesn't seem to be the case just at the moment, but it's it's a market, darling. I'm a little bit sceptical and cynical, I have to say about this one because um, it's just pizza, Stephen.
1: Yeah, I know, and, not, and and
2: the delivery. you have the cure for cancer. No, it's just that's right. pizza. And no matter how how much you dress it up with it being a technology company, and it's so. Call that you can look at your app on your yeah, phone sure. and see where your pizza is. Do you really want to know every inch of the, you know, where yeah. your pizza is and which roads the pizza delivery man is on yeah. and what music he likes? I don't.
1: Yeah, but the kids do. But I think it's probably time to take profits, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, I'm just a little bit sus
1: on that one. Yeah. So, speaking of, uh, there's a new float coming along, Property Link, to take advantage of the uh, uh, booming property market in Australia. Yeah, well,
2: there's, a, there's a number of new folks uh coming along. Property Link is one of them. They're looking to raise about um, five hundred million bucks in um in this new float. Um so yeah, it's um it's there's another one called Viva Energy which owns a bunch of uh, petrol stations which um is also looking at a float, around nine hundred odd million dollars for that. Um Property Link is a manager of industrial and logistics business mm-hmm. properties so um yeah, I mean, all these REITs and uh, property trusts have done very well. In I guess, in, a, in a, an environment of zero or, or negative interest rates, um, these offer investors a good way to um, to invest in industrial and commercial property with good yields in a low interest rate environment.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what people like. Yeah, they do, don't they? And they're chasing yields too. And, stuff. and so they all chase the same things at the same time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and Exxon, Exxon's topped the mid for oil search.
2: Yeah, Oil Search has, has played this really well, I think. Um, Exxon has come in and topped them on their bid for Inter Oil. Um, not an, an Oil Search have said they won't increase the bid. They said that this morning. So they walk away with a $60 million break fee, which is handy. Yep. That's, that's uh, not bad for a few uh, few hours of lawyer work. Um, and they've also now got a, a major player um, taking out that hotel stake and, in that very um, um, impressive elk antelope uh, project up in. They've done a pretty good uh, deal and played their cards very well. So they will walk away with a, a big new partner, an increased valuation for their sh- part of the, the deal, and uh, sixty million bucks in their skyrocket as
1: well. And uh, and uh, the other the other ongoing sales cycle is the uh, Woolworths business, um, the hardware business, and uh, yeah, some the, of the
2: um, the A Triple C the. Close to decision day from these guys, but um, at least now they've got a, another player in the in the game.
1: Yeah, but a couple of the hardware oh, there's a group of hardware stores are concerned about going to Metcash, and they're talking about um, doing a breakaway type.
2: Yeah, there were some some people that um, that had, the, especially the home timber and hardware yeah. business, were looking at uh, a breakaway. Well, I haven't heard anything more on that, but I'm sure um, these guys are um, poring over. Um, due diligence
1: at the moment to, uh, to work out a deal. Mm, that's right and uh, just to finish up with the, the, the opposite appears to be having the property prices in the UK um, to us they seem to be falling as a result of the, the Brexit vote.
2: Yeah well I mean uh, Brexit has been a, a big uh, moment in British politics and in British economic life but at the moment it seems to be a bit of a fizzle I have to say and the Bank of England uh, has not cut rates. They were kind of expected to, and they've even said that the expected slowdown hasn't really materialised. Um, the currency has bounced back. Their stock market has bounced back dramatically. Um, it's now way higher than it was before the vote. Um, and, of course, the pound has helped those exporters. Um, so it looks, at the moment, they had their lowest unemployment rate in 11 years. They've got a new prime minister. So I, I'm not sure that Brexit is going to be such a massive thing as uh, initially thought um, but we shall
1: see okay well we'll speak again next week and see what's happened during the week we will it's always a fun time Stephen. okay thanks
0: henry On air, online and on your smartphone. Two and new RFM 103.7, it's Finance Today with Stephen Pritchard. We invite your calls on 49216216 if you have a question for Stephen or you'd like to join the conversation. And we're having a chat now about estate planning. How important is it, Stephen?
1: Well, as I say, there's two certainties in life, death and taxes. So um, today we're going to talk a bit about estate planning. Um, and, and it's very important. Um, you, you know, you, you've got you're accumulating these assets during your lifestyle, mm. most people do, and you need to make some provision as to to where they they're going. Otherwise, they're likely to end up not where you want them to end up. Mm. So the way the, the way to do that in respect of most assets is via your will. And so everyone who's got any type of assets at all should should um, sit out and,
0: and make a will. The query I have with it, Bud Stephen, is this. As much as you can say, this is what I want to happen when mm-hmm. I'm not here. Mm-hmm. This is my wish. This is what I want to happen. Yep. And say your whole life you had an issue with someone in your family, hadn't spoken to them for 15 years, and distinctly in your will you say, don't want that person involved. That person, once you're gone, on, can contest. They'll, they'll get what they want out of it. Oh, they can only test it on strict grounds. You can't just contest it. So um, I feel like, you, yeah. what, what, what are your wishes anyway? They're going to be changed? They, oh, it's very rare that that yeah. actually happens. Yeah. It's very
1: rare. I mean, the, the only people you can usually change that is, 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 is people that um, you've supported during the life. And then if you haven't spoken to them for 15 years, I, I doubt that they, they're going to get
0: anything. Blood? Blood? Blood, they... blood what? Blood relation could say, uh, "Oh, yeah. they're I'm they're a silly. son, or I'm a daughter. Yeah. I deserve. I have a right to that." Well, contested you know,
1: the Family Maintenance Act, but you know. <laughs> so,
0: so the first, apart from you know,
1: Dave's. Uh, legal, mounting legal will estate challenge case, um, what you first need to do is do you need to make the will. So things you need to think about when you're making a will is what property you've got yes. and who you want it to go to. And there are, Dave's right, there are provisions in the, I think it's the Family Maintenance Act, um, that, that you you can't just completely ignore um, people like, you know, if you had a long-term spouse, you wouldn't be able to leave your retire estate to the girlfriend. I'm sure that would be Mm. be open to challenge. Mm. Um, The other thing that's important about about deciding where the money to go to or the assets to go to is who's going to be the executor. Now, um, how much power does the executor have? Depends on what power they're being given under the will, but the yeah. you know, executives can have a lot of power particularly if they're given discretionary. Um, uh, can their say be final if they're given discretionary mm. functions, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, a straightforward will. I mean, if you've just got a house and you're just going to leave that to your wife, it's, it's 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 probably your spouse or your husband, I suppose. Um, it, it's probably quite easy to to to. Um, um, Leave them as the executor, um, but it depends. I mean, the more the more complicated your estate, so the larger your estate, and the more complex it becomes. It's, um, you need to give more careful consideration to who's going to be the executor. Now, if you've got a number of beneficiaries and the estate's quite substantial, um, you, you need to think about whether you need to, the executor to have um, some professional skills or do they need other skills involved? Or it's it's quite often that um, that the um, the executor will be the either the family accountant or the family solicitor in 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 with um, one of the family members, mm-hmm. um, particularly if there's a number of siblings and the estate's got to be split up, and um, you, you want to try and avoid disputes over who gets yeah. what. And because you know, I've seen a number of those, oh,
0: yeah. not pretty.
1: No, yeah, well, especially especially large ones. There's yeah. some money involved. Yeah, they can. They can get um, quite nasty, um, and the other thing is, is you need to give some thought about um, how you actually leave the assets and. And one of the ways that's quite common these days is to set up a thing in your book called a testamentary trust. So instead of leaving the assets directly to the beneficiaries or your potential beneficiaries, particularly in large states, um, you, you set up a, a, a testamentary trust. And so you leave them to a range of beneficiaries. And so an example might be if you've got um, 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 a, um, a couple of children um, uh, who've got families of their own, um, you might decide that uh, that you'll leave half your estate to each of the children, but what you do is you would leave to a testimony trust with each of those um, children as the principal beneficiaries and the rest of the family as um, additional beneficiaries. Now, while you do that, there's a number of tax advantages and, and planning opportunities involved that, that you can do if you um, set it up like that. So, you know, particularly in large estates, um, and estates are getting quite large. It's yeah. not unusual to get, you know, particularly increasing property prices now, to have a, a million dollar plus estate. You need to give a bit of thought about how you structure the whether you need to have a testamentary trust or other things like that.
0: It's finance today with Stephen Pritchard, and we're talking about estate planning today. Let's take a look at wills now. Everybody should have a will. Everyone should have a will, and you know, even more so if you've got some
1: some property to leave. Um, and, you know, one of the things about wills, they need to be reviewed regularly and, and updated. Because our the
0: lives change can change and our circumstances can our change. change. Circumstances. So with that should be a change of will.
1: That's right. And, and, and you know, if you get married, um, your previous will becomes invalid. Right. Right. So if, you, if you're getting married or planning to get married, you, you need to do a new will. Yes. And this is particularly more the case where you've got, um, these days, you've got more mixed families with the... The, the person you might Harry marry has got a couple of children and you might have a couple of children and um you, you know, which really is
0: quite common now
1: that's really quite common and and your assets could could end up with um, in certain circumstances with people you don't even know so you know if you're getting married um you, you need to review your will um and and update that um if you if you um, come into a um, acquisition of significant um Moneys, or e- even if your your children become older and um you, you know that you might have made some provision while they're young, yeah. and now they're younger, and now they're you know they're they're in their twenties. They can look after themselves. You might want to change where their money's going to. So you need to you need to um, periodically update your will when your circumstances
0: change, or it's
1: not a bad idea just to go back and have a look at it anyhow every now and again, yeah. every three to five years, and just see whether it's still current and achieves what you want to achieve.
0: And once you make a new will, mm-hmm. the previous will null and void. Yeah, usually, um, um, yeah. If you if you the
1: first line just basically says they'll oh, revoke all previous wills now there is a process where you can amend which isn't done commonly but you can amend the previous will oh. and so you have to read the two documents to, together but usually the, the new one revokes the old one automatically
0: Okay. okay. Okay, but you need to go and
1: get specialist legal advice off your off your lawyer, who, or the family lawyer who, who can do this.
0: Now, what about assets outside
1: <laughs> yeah. of the estate? Yeah, I mean, you asked about superannuation in the break. Yeah, there's yeah. a number of assets that fall, don't actually fall inside the estate, for example, on um, superannuation. Um, so this is why it's important to lodge your binding nominations with the superannuation fund, um, because that will direct the super fund trustee where to pay um, your superannuation benefits. Um, now, If you don't do that, the superannuation fund trustee has certain discretions um, where they may decide to pay the benefits um, may not be where you wanted them to end up with, So it's important to other things
0: that, that could uh, fall into play there. Prior, prior to it would be maybe a funeral insurance or
1: uh, funeral insurance. Um, you know, the, the most most financial institutions, if the executive goes along to the to the, the local bank or the billing society and takes your um, your invoice along there from the funeral, they'll they'll pay that money yeah. out of the account, even though you haven't got probate. So I wouldn't worry too yeah. much about. It. And the other thing is life insurance policies. A lot of life insurance policies have named beneficiaries, and they don't fall inside the will.
0: Yeah. Okay, so they're outside of the will. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so if you've got a life insurance policy and your wife's a beneficiary of that, the life insurance company will pay that direct to the wife and, and not not be treated in the, in the estate.
0: Okay, but the important part is everybody yeah, should needs to have, have a will. And after you've
1: made the will, you need to regularly update it. It's changed circumstances. Of course, as we just said. Well, we've
0: run out of time again, as we always do, sadly, but thank you so much for today, Stephen. Okay, thanks, Dave.